This is the Family Culture Project, episode 56, Loving the Difficult People in Our Life, with guest Lily Dunbar. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you live a life of purpose with the ones you love. And become the family you were meant to be. Every single one of us has difficult people in our lives. You know, those pesky people that never behave the way we want them to, who suck the life out of you? I prefer to just avoid them, but that's not always an option. Sometimes we just need to dig our heels in and love them. So today we're talking with Lily Dunbar about loving those difficult people. So I would like to know, Carl, how do you typically respond to difficult people? Not how you're supposed to respond, but how do you, what's your go-to, like knee-jerk, this person's driving me crazy. Usually not a great response. I mean, to be honest with you, it's a difficult subject for me because I struggle in the area of being patient with people that are difficult. Um, you know, there's difficult, there's different situations for me though. I think about it in terms of work as being one side of it and then also family members as being another side of it. In work, I guess you could say sometimes you can avoid some of the pesky people and come up with tactics that way. But then at home and, and with your family members or your extended family members, that's not quite often possible. Um, so I'll talk two seconds about work. In work, what I try to do is to maintain patience, composure, and that includes not just my words, but my facial expressions, which usually get me. Um, and try to think of that person in terms of the behavior that they're doing you know being out of the norm um, and then really what maybe occurred within their life or what pain and kind of occurred within their life to kind of bring them to the point that they're behaving this way and a lot, of, a lot of times you just have to be very patient, um, be as nice as you possibly can, maintain your composure, pray for them, because from that perspective, there's not a lot you can personally do to fix their history. Um, and really just pray for them. And, and then also, um, you know, try try to avoid um, situations that may, if you if you discover kind of the things that trigger a negative reaction or trigger um, a particular behavior, try to try to avoid those triggers for that person. Um, and, and that's the, that's the best thing I can say that I, I've been successful at doing, but <clears throat> and I've been unsuccessful at it as well. So, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the people in the family is, is a much more difficult situation because you tend to, even at family gatherings, if somebody's really difficult, you just tend to avoid them as much as you possibly can. I mean, that's not always the loving response, but, um, I struggle with it. How do you, how do you, how do you deal with it? I think that there are certain types of difficult people, which we'll learn about the different types of difficult people that I have more patience for and more empathy for than others that I can sort of either relate to their struggle or relate to the that part of their personality that is always a certain way, whether it's um, always aggressive or always passive aggressive or I mean, because difficult people come in all shapes and sizes Mm. and and, and they present their difficulty in different ways. And so um, I just think it depends on how they're difficult. And there's some people that I've known long enough that I just know that this is the way they are and they're never going to change. And this this has nothing to do with me and everything to do with them. And I may not necessarily 
enjoy my interactions with them all the time, but I need to to just keep showing up as me because um, they're not going to change. And so uh, I would say avoidance is typically my my way that I deal with difficult people. And I don't think that that is necessarily a good thing all the time. I think that there are, and we'll, we'll hear more about this in the podcast with interview with Lily, but, um, you know, there's a difference between setting boundaries and avoiding people. Mm-hmm. And um, I really want to learn how to set healthy boundaries and not dismiss people and um, avoid them altogether. Uh, it sounds like we share a lot in common there related to um, avoidance. <laughs> um <laughs> Because it's kind of, let's be honest, it's kind of hard not to <clears throat> fall into that situation. I think the most, and, th- and this is why this is a good topic, is is that if you're dealing with a difficult person that's a parent um, or a sibling, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'd say as an adult, right, to take the kids out of it, um, as an adult, and these are people that are in your lives on a, on a regular basis that you can't avoid, Mm-hmm. I, I that's why I love this this topic because that can really affect a family and a family's culture and and how you work that in with your culture and your values is going to be very important. So I think this is very um, so from that perspective, mm-hmm. um, this is very very important as it relates to to, mm-hmm. to to your own family's culture and how you know a person that close can throw you off track mm-hmm. and how do you do it? How do you yeah. deal with it? Yeah, and a healthy culture is has clearly defined rules of engagement, and I think that you can create rules of engagement when you identify those difficult people in your life, and you consider what it looks like to interact with them ahead of time, before you, you see them. I mean, because if these people are consistently in your life, you know what you're dealing with, you know what you're up against, and what are, what are the things that you have in place that makes that interaction better? And I think that, um, you know, in any culture... Um, there are guidelines as to how you will engage with one another. And I think that we can definitely incorporate that into family as well. Yeah. I think I, I, when you said that, I I think about if if you know, you've got a gathering coming up, I think about, you know, we've talked about our family business meeting. I think at the family business meeting, you can actually have that as a topic to Mm -hmm. just say, Hey, on Saturday, we're going to be meeting with, or, you know, getting together with this part of the family and, you know, let's talk about this person and let's talk about how we want to respect this person, love on this person and how do we want to, you know, interact mm-hmm. with this person on purpose because like you said, I think it's really important to do, to have that conversation before you get there mm-hmm. so that you're pre-prepared, your mindset is already in rather than you being triggered mm-hmm. by say that person's difficult traits. Yeah. And, and Lily talks about her family meetings with her husband that they do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. They kind of prepare, mentally prepare ahead of time. They actually look at their calendar and they decide like how much time like in the course of a year do they want to spend with certain people mm-hmm. because they understand um, it's important to be around them, but they also understand like the negative effect that they potentially could have on them. Mm-hmm. And so they're very, um, you know, anticipatory when it comes to dealing with difficult people. That's important. I think the part you said about um, even deciding how much time, because to the, to the degree that it throws your family's culture off track, you do have to think about mm-hmm. it as how much time are we going to, you know, love on this person and, and how much time are we going to mm-hmm. allow them? And, and that, that's super important. 
Mm-hmm. So Lily shares with us the different types of difficult people that there are. And I know that as you are listening to this, you will think of somebody in your life that can fall into one of these categories. But I want you to also be open to see if you exhibit any of these behaviors yourself. So not only I want you to listen for like, who are these people in my life? And do I know people like this? But am I that type of person? I think we all go through seasons where we can be prickly and pesky and not so easy on those around us and I think it's important um to listen to that with ears open to that have I ever been that way but don't answer that question (laughs) um and and she shares and she wraps up the interview um with a personal story an incredible personal story of seeing a difficult relationship change because she was committed to loving that person and opening up so these aren't just like good tips to help you feel better about yourself because you dealt with a negative person but it's they these tips have the potential to change the person you're in relationship with hey there did you know every family is known for something What do you want your family to be known for? Download our free family culture discussion sheet. In just 30 minutes, you'll explore who you are as a family and discover who you want to become together. Go to www.thefamilycultureproject.com and start living a life of purpose with the ones you love today. Be sure to type in the, T-H-E, familycultureproject.com for the free download. Today, I'm talking with Lily Dunbar. Lily's burning passion as a writer, speaker, and biblical life coach is to fuel a wildfire faith in the weary-hearted. She starts every weekday by digging into the word verse by verse with thousands of women as a writer for Proverbs 31 Ministries' First 5 app and Love God Greatly. A fireball at heart, Lily is energized by singing karaoke in the car with her husband, reading 12 books at a time, and cooking Cuban food for a full house. Welcome, Lily. It is so wonderful to have you on our podcast. It's such a joy to be here, Kimberly. Thanks for inviting me. So I want to start off our conversation by asking you, what is your family known for? Well, you know, I've been married almost 10 years now, and when my husband and I started off together, we sat down and just crafted kind of like a mission statement for our family. I had um, gone to a wonderful uh, blog. It's called We Are That Family. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with it. And she had uh, done a blog post on how to do that. And so we sat down and I really have the gift of encouragement and my husband has the gift of helps. And so when people come to our, our house, we just want them to feel invited and welcomed in. We want them to feel joy. Mm -hmm. And we also want them to feel like they're receiving, um, just help. You know, my husband has that opportunity to just help anyone in any way. He's always jumping in and he's, you know, looking at someone's car or he's Mm -hmm. helping them with their washer and dryer. And, you know, a lot of times people come over and he'll go home with them uh, to help them get something done at the house afterwards. So um, that's our thing. And we just, we have a lot of laughter at our home. We love to laugh and to just really see the joy of the Lord as our strength. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Um, You know, we're talking today about how to love difficult people. And when we were emailing back and forth, you said that you were passionate about this topic. So why is that? Can you tell us more by what, about why? I mean, you're an encourager now. I mean, as you're telling me about you and your husband, I, I, I think I'm starting to see why that might be something you're passionate about. But tell me more. You know, 
it's a topic I've had to live with. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about it. Although my husband and I try to maintain a really peaceful home, we both came from home from homes where there was a lot of chaos. Um, there was a lot of dysfunction and uh, we still deal with that um, through our extended family on both sides. And I've had to learn how to get along with those people. I like to call them those prickly people mm -hmm. that God puts in your life um, that just, they rub you the wrong way, but God's given them to you because he wants you to pour your, his love into them. And I've had to live it and I'm still living it today. Mm -hmm. um, figuring it out as I go. I'm sometimes I'm not totally doing it well. Um, but I'm learning. I'm not the woman I once was, and I've made a lot of progress in this area. So mm -hmm. I'm thankful for God's help. Um, and I believe, you know, that he can bring change in our families if we continue to persevere and love mm -hmm. and just um, ask him to help us through those tough relationships. Mm -hmm. So give me an example of the difficult people that we might encounter in our lives. You don't have to give too much away about your life, but I know that you're a life coach <laughs> and you work with people and you have lots of experience and you can change the names, whatever you need to do. <laughs> sure. And I actually, I worked in the education field for many years. So I worked with a lot of students. Mm -hmm. I worked with a lot of different personalities over the years. So I've had to deal. I, I feel like the Lord brings people into your life until you learn how to deal with a specific type of personality. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you, mm -hmm. And I had that experience with my students. So it's funny because I wrote down, you know, you sent me the questions in advance and I jotted down some thoughts um, on this topic. But then I thought, oh, let me go and just Google and see if, you know, if there's more to be, to think and expand my thinking on this. And I found this one website, this guy talked about 52 difficult personalities. Oh my gosh. He's written a blog post on each one. And I thought, okay, he probably needs a good therapist, but it was just, <laughs> that probably was his therapy. So many difficult relationships. And yeah. I think it's different for each person. Um, some of us have um, a different temperament and maybe we um, can get along better with certain types of people than others. Mm -hmm. But for me personally, um, there's mainly three types of difficult relationships that I see over and over again um, in my personal life and also as I minister to women. And that is the first is just like the really aggressive type. So it's the type of person who um, they are, you know, bulldozing their way through life and don't really care if they run you over <laughs> in, um, in, in their pursuit of what they're trying to get. And so they don't really respect your boundaries. They don't really respect you and can be really angry and aggressive. And that's mm -hmm. just a really difficult temperament. And then also it would be the person who is just, um, they want to have a lot of fun, but they don't want to have a lot of responsibility. And mm -hmm. so um, they, a lot of times will cause a lot of chaos in your life. And then, then they expect you to clean it up. Sounds and like so my kids. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Teenage years, right? Yeah. Um, but some people remain teenagers until they, you know, they never yeah. quite grow up, which is kind of sad. So if you're dealing with those types of relationships and then the last one um, is one that, um, can, I think a lot of people don't really realize it sometimes, 
particularly if you have what I like to say, the spiritual gift of mercy. There's some people that they're just very compassionate. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times they don't realize that this is happening in their lives, but there's some people that they, I like to call them the Eeyores. They are so negative but they don't want to come out of their negative cycle. And they, so they've kind of alienated everyone in their life um, and pushed everyone away. Um, but they have like this one person that still listens to them and then just continue yeah. to just expound upon their negativity, but they don't want to grow or change or be teachable and they don't ever see any solution to their problems. And it's just um, someone who just really drains all the energy out of you and you're yeah, not really helping person. that person. Yeah. Yeah. That is a tough person. So why don't you share some of the tips or the steps that you have that can empower us to get along with these pesky people, as you like to call them, in your in our lives? You or prickly people. I just, I, I just gave it. Prickly people, right? Prickly people. Or tough cookies, my husband likes to say. I always say tough cookies are meant to crumble, and I keep mm. praying that my tough cookies will crumble. Um, I think, you know, we just came off of Easter um, just a few days ago before we recorded this, and I was actually reading through the Gospels and was so moved by Jesus washing the feet of the disciples before he headed to the cross and realizing, you know, he washed Judas's feet. And then he says, you go and do the same. And man, that just really ministered to me in the difficult relationships that I'm persevering in, because I realized that that's my job. You know, God loved me at my darkest and he expects me to take his love into the world and the world is broken. And sometimes I'm expecting people to love me um, with the love of Christ when they don't have the love of Christ, when they don't really have, they can't give me what they don't have. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, that has been um, life-changing has been to just, first of all, just stop trying to change that person and stop expecting that person to give me what they can't give me. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I finally say, okay, I'm not going to be receiving from this relationship. This is really a missional relationship. This is, I'm here to just, you know, pour God's love in as I can, when I can, um, that has been changing for me um, yeah. to be able to really start from that perspective of, I need to stop thinking about what this person's not giving me. Mm. Um, so and I think, I think that was a starting point for me. And, um, and then um, a passage that's really been um, meaningful to me has been in Colossians 3, um, verses 12 to 17, where he really, the, the Apostle Paul really encourages us to have compassion towards people um, and to really feel it, you know, to let feel that emotion of their brokenness and see them for what they are. Try to ask God to give us his eyes to see those people rather than seeing them with our eyes. How does God want us to see them? And, um, and then try to show kindness to them. And, you know, how can I, as they say, pay it forward, little simple things that you can do to make a difference to that person because it's God's kindness that leads to repentance. And so if I can in some way sow those seeds of kindness by being caring to that person, even if they're not caring to me, um, and even sometimes you have to faith it till you feel it, right? Mm. Um, and really, you know, sometimes I'm not feeling it, but I know that God wants me to extend his care to that person in some way. And so I've just been praying that God would help me to have um, 
that creativity of thought of how can I um, be that bigger person than what I normally would be in my mm -hmm. own nature. Because in my own nature, I'm just like, I don't want to be around you. Yeah. You're not nice to me. Um, you're not easy to be around, but how can I um, be present with that person in a way that Jesus would be present with that person? Mm -hmm. So that's been um, life-changing for me too. And I think another tip for me has been um, in that passage in Colossians, it also talks about humility. And so I think for many years, I thought I had to help this person to understand that their behavior was not appropriate. <laughs> And um, let me guess, you know, it didn't I, work. <laughs> it did not work. You know, it was just not helpful, you know, to try to get the person to understand. And so I think I've had to come to the realization that I don't have to win the fight, um, that God is fighting for this person's soul. Um, and I can surrender that person to the Lord. I can, I can fight in prayer for that person, but I can come to them with a spirit of humility and I don't have to argue everything. I can step down and I can say, okay, you know, we don't see things the same. Um, we have a different perspective. I respect your opinion, even though I don't totally agree with you and, and I love you and you're still my person um, mm -hmm. and not try to dominate and manipulate. Um, and you know, as I like to say, Sarah, you know how Sarah tried to, uh, in the old Testament, tried to get everything to work her way. Yeah. I think sometimes I feel like if I can just move all the pieces and I can get all my people to behave in certain ways. And, um, that's just not it. It's a spirit of humility of saying, okay, you know, we're not the same and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and just asking, my husband has really helped me with this because he has that docile nature that I don't have. And he really allows um, people to be who they are and loves them where they're at. And I see how God uses him in incredible ways. And so I'm trying to um, have more of that in my life and more mm -hmm. humility, I think, um, is something I've really been praying that God would help me to have so that I can love those difficult people in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and then just... Um, not getting exasperated with people's shortcomings and realizing because they're broken, um, I can't expect them to not have those shortcomings. So um, just stepping back and picking my battles and conceding um, sometimes is okay. Um, and sometimes when I do approach a situation with kindness and humility and with love and look for those little moments where I can be kind, um, I find that that person is more open to receive. Um, and I've seen my relationships with difficult people transform from they're not speaking to me um, to, you know, they'll call me and ask me, you know, for my advice or ask me to pray for them or mm -hmm. um, invite me over. And so um, it's been really a, a situation of just praying through those relationships and just asking God to just help me to do what I can't do on my mm -hmm. own. Mm -hmm. So why do you think it's important to love those difficult people instead of just dismiss them or saying, you know, I'm, I'm just not going to deal with them? You know, that's a really, that's a loaded question, Kimberly, because I really <laughs> feel like it, it so depends on the, the actual relationship and the actual situation. And mm -hmm. so I, you know, I don't know who's listening or tuning in today, mm -hmm. um, but I would just say, you know, if you're in a situation where you are unsafe, um, where someone has been physically harmful to you, um, then most certainly 
um, I think God wants you to put yourself in a place where you can be safe and reach mm -hmm. out for assistance from your church, from a counselor, from um, the police, even if necessary, mm -hmm. you know, if you or your children or someone in your circle um, is in harm. And I think that is very important. So we start from that position. Mm -hmm. um, but I think in my case, um, I'm just dealing with some really unhealthy people. I'm not necessarily dealing with an abusive situation. So it's really easy for me to say, you know, I don't want to be there. I don't want to spend time with these people, these people are not, you know, I'm, they're not my happy, they're not making my life happy and, and easy. Mm -hmm. um, but I've come to the realization that um, as a person of faith, um, for each of these people that I'm particularly talking about, they're not really walking um, in favor with God and they don't really have the peace of God in their lives. And if I'm not present in their life in some way, then who will be? If I'm not present in their life in some way, then they might not ever hear the love of God because God's given me his love and he's given me these people mm -hmm. and he's placed them in my life. And so I have to um, press in with his love as much as I can so that his love can pour into their lives. Because I believe that the word of God and his love are powerful and that they change people, but they can't change people if I'm not there, right? Mm -hmm. uh, with his love and his power and his love and, and to be present in their lives. So um, I would say it's something to really pray about um, in your personal life as your family. It's something my husband and I had to really sit down and talk about as we joined forces as a couple 10 years ago. Um, we both have dysfunction on both of our sides. So we're dealing mm -hmm. with difficult people on both sides. So how much time did we want to give to those people on our calendar is something that we as a couple sat down and discussed. Mm, that's good. And we actually cultivate it. So mm -hmm. I actually, we sat down in December and I actually put on the calendar before I put anything else on the calendar, I put down the dates that we were going to spend with specific people on both sides of our family mm -hmm. for two reasons. Number one, because I wanted to create space around those um, days. And also because I didn't want to give myself the excuse of not going to the, those occasions. And also, so that we could talk about how we could make it in a, in a way that would work for us as a couple. Mm -hmm. um, so on those days where I go to visit uh, a particular person that is difficult in my life, um, I create space before and I create space after because let's be honest, it's really draining, yeah. right? Yeah. I go to spend time with a difficult person. I'm going to come home. I'm going to need to take a long nap. Usually um, I'm going to need to take a shower. I'm going to need to get in my Bible. And I try to go into um, those visits really prayed up. Um, so I'll spend time before just really, you know, in the word, listening to worship music, doing something fun so that I'll go in joy filled. Mm -hmm. And then when I come out of it, um, I do the same. I try to give myself the opportunity to take a nap, 
to read my Bible, to sit outside. Um, we find sitting outside, we live in Florida, so sitting outside year round here is, is an opportunity and we love sitting out in our yard sometimes. We'll create some space to do that after we have a difficult visit with mm -hmm. a difficult person. So mm -hmm. that's something that's really, um, that's really been beneficial to us, but I think it is um, prayerful a prayerful decision. We have gone through periods where we have stepped back um, from seeing a particular person in our life um, because maybe we had a lot of other chaos going on. So there was a season where um, my husband was caregiving for his mom and um, he saw less of my family during that time just because it was just really hard to be able to mm -hmm. bear all that weight. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it changes from season to season mm -hmm. and it's something to just constantly pray about and evaluate. Um, Bruce and I, my hubby and I, we have, um, a weekly get together with our calendars and we sit down and we kind of block out our time and we talk about things. Um, and we try to make sure that we have enough breathing room in our week to have Sabbath and to really, um, create that space to really be present for our people in a way mm -hmm. that's not rushed and hurried and um, overwhelming. And sometimes yeah. I'm saying no to things that are fun that I would rather do, um, but I think it's important. I'm only gonna have those people in my life for a, a certain time. And I don't want to look back and wish I had led my life differently. I don't want to look back and say, if I had only invested more time, if I had only prayed more, if I had only been present more, I could have made a difference. So mm. I want to be able to look back and say, you know, I can't control the outcome of what's going to happen in each of these people's lives. I can only pray, you know, that the love of God will come in and transform their stony hearts. Um, but I can be present and I can really mm -hmm. be present as much as, as I can in a healthy way. So I think it changes from mm -hmm. person, from person to person. Yeah. Um, so I would just encourage you if you're listening to this, um, broadcast to just really pray, um, and ask God to reveal to you what that means. Yeah. Yeah. I like, what, I, I like what you're saying because I think it's key to, be intentional, be intentional about how you're spending your time and when you spend it and making margin, right. To be able to, um, yeah, create an expectation in your heart of what you're going into. And when you walk out of that, absolutely. Especially, um, you know, family members, a lot of family members, we don't have a choice, but to spend time with, and there's the holidays that we can count on and we can, you know, almost count on the same conversations and the same reactions and the same sort of like difficulties, um, every year. And if we sort of, remind ourselves of that as we go into these, um, into the time spent with them. I think that's huge and taking care of yourself and resting just gives you what you need. And that time in the word of God and praying gives you what you need to love on them. And I think we often get too busy to do that. Yeah. I think so. And I think you mentioned the holidays and it's funny that you should mention because we just passed Easter. Um, I think it's also important to realize that um, when you're dealing with a difficult person, you're never mm -hmm. going to make them happy. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're, there's, they're always going to be disappointed mm -hmm. um, with, you know, what you decide, what your boundaries are. And you have to sort of come to a point where you're at peace with that. You know, mm -hmm. I'm at peace with the 
fact that you're, I'm sorry that you're not happy. This is what I can do. I love you. You're important to me. Um, but I, you know, this is what I have space for. And so, um, Bruce and I have, have had to make some decisions about certain holidays, um, that we will and will not. So for example, on Easter, we did not spend any time with either side of our mm -hmm. difficult family, um, members. And I, um, a while back, I had to let a certain side of the family, let them know that we were going to be hosting Thanksgiving at our home moving forward. And that if they wanted to come and spend Thanksgiving at our home mm -hmm. uh, where I could control the environment and mm -hmm. sort of, you know, make things a little bit more <sighs> breathe, let's all breathe yeah. together now, um, then they were more than welcome to come, but that we would not be able to come to Thanksgiving at their home. We'd be happy to see them on Friday. Mm -hmm. um, and that was, you know, it was hard at yeah. first, but now it's become a norm. We, you know, they come here on Thanksgiving or we see them on Friday yeah. and, um, that has been fine. You know, it's, yeah. it's difficult having those conversations, but you also have to protect if it's, if this person is not in your immediate family, like not your husband or your children, you have to protect, particularly your children. Yeah. Um, you have to protect your immediate family from and from absorbing all of that on a holiday. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, at, we spent one really sad Thanksgiving. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> and after that, I was like, okay, you know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm claiming back Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving yeah. is now mine. Um, for Christmas, Especially with children, they, they start to expect that. And then they, as they get older, they start to associate the holidays and events with that kind they of stress do. and that kind of difficulty. Yeah, they do. And for Christmas, it's a little bit different. I come from um, a Hispanic family, um, Hispanic culture. So my, my Hispanic family celebrates on the 24th and we can still have Christmas day at home. Mm -hmm. So I can always have a Christmas day, um, just here at the home and, and just us and yeah. it's okay. Yeah. So it's just making those decisions. Do you have any more stories of difficult people and those relationships that have changed and become, and, and become better basically because of your willingness to not give up on them and to sow into their lives and love them? You know, uh, the, the main, main difficult relationship in my mm -hmm. life has been one that um, I've been dealing with for pretty much my whole life. And, um, for many years, I think I mentioned, I felt like Joan of Arc, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I will fix this relationship. <laughs> I will tell this person, you know, I felt like I needed to be the defender, you know, yeah. and, um, and this person, um, many years ago had a health crisis and I was in the hospital room, um, caring for this person and you know had my bible and my books and everything and sort of camped out for the day i don't know if you've had to camp out mm -hmm. for a day in the hospital with a family member um it's not the funnest thing but you always sort of go prepared and i was sitting in the chair and at one point um you know my sweet family member that's so hard asked for some water and i got up and i took the cup with the straw and, and i handed this loved one the cup and they took a sip and they handed it back to me and said, you really love me. Hmm. And man, it just broke me. It just broke me, you know? And I just, I heard the Holy Spirit clearly say to me, your job is not to change this person. Your job is to love this person. Mm -hmm. My job is to change this person. And I will say that up to that point in my life, I think I was in my, I would say late twenties, early thirties at that point, I had never had a conversation with this person that had not ended in an argument. 
Um, it was just very, very difficult. I'm just a very argumentative, angry person. And, you know, I, I would step up just as high mm -hmm. and heavy as, as this person would give out. And um, at that point, I decided I was just not going to live my life like that. I was going to have to surrender uh, my need to see this person behave differently to, to mm -hmm. the Lord and just love this person where they were. And I made a conscious choice to do that and just really mm -hmm. started praying that God would help me. Um, I don't always do it well. Mm -hmm. I, I fail many, many, many times. Um, but the Lord has really transformed that relationship. I'm happy to say it's not a perfect relationship. This is not someone who I call on the phone when I have a hard day. Um, but this is someone that I can now have a conversation with um, and, and have it be gentle. Um, I can, and, and now when, when they come back at me with angry tones, I can say, I really wish you wouldn't talk to me like that. I love you. And let's try to talk in softer tones. And, you know, and sometimes I have to step out of the room, mm -hmm. but, um, but God has really transformed that relationship because God transformed me. Hmm. not because that person changed. It was because I changed. And when I changed, when I allowed my, his kindness to pour into me and out of me and onto that person, um, it really transformed that relationship. And so I'm, I'm hopeful. I keep praying, keep praying for that, for that prickly fella, um, <laughs> that God would change him. Um, but you know, it's all, um, it's all our responsibility is to just give the love of God and let God change those people. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so encouraging. Cause I know that when we're in the middle of it, it doesn't seem like things are ever going to change. And as we change our heart, we'll start to see changes. And even if that person never changes, God will give us the grace to continue to do that. So I'm thankful for that. All right. Yeah. Thank you well, so much, Kimberly. This yeah, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. You can find Lily over at lilydunbar.com to grab faith fuel for your day. You can find her on socials as Lily Dunbar. We'll link to all of that in the show notes. If you've been enjoying the show, we'd like to ask you for a favor. Would you be willing to leave a short review in iTunes? We're passionate about helping families thrive and reviews help families find us. We really appreciate your support. Remember, family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose. To learn more about the Family Culture Project, go to thefamilycultureproject.com.